We read the scriptures tonight in John chapter 12. We'll We'll take our reading at verse 20. We'll read through verse 41 of the chapter. Verse 32 will be our text. These are the events that are happening on the week of the Passion Week after the Lord has entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The events that we read about beginning at verse 20 are probably on Tuesday of the Passion Week. John 12, verse 20 And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, the voice, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. 
These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Tonight we look at verse 32, the words of Jesus. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, perhaps you struggle in your faith as to the practical value of the ascension of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you struggle a little bit what to make of the fact that he has gone from us bodily into heaven. We think of all the mighty works of his salvation in our behalf, his birth, his death, his resurrection, his coming again. And the ascension does not seem to hold perhaps the same place of importance in our minds as his birth, his death, his resurrection, and that he is coming again. And perhaps we think of the ascension and not really know what to think except he is a departed Savior physically, ruling over all things, and we hope and we will see him again. If we have this struggle, and if our practice shows that we have this struggle, that we don't often think of his ascension, Then the words of Jesus spoken to the two travelers to Emmaus on the evening of his resurrection fit us. The two travelers to Emmaus could not fit it all together. And so he came among them and he walked with them. And so also Jesus would come among us tonight and walk with us. And if we are perplexed as to the meaning of the ascension and its value to us, He would say to us as he said to them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things, now listen, and to enter his glory. Ought not Christ to have suffered and ascended. He ascended into heaven in order that he might draw us in our lives sweetly and irresistibly and powerfully to him. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. He is ascended in order that from heaven, by the power of his grace, he may work in us a daily conversion from our sin and from the world, that he may pull us by his grace to be directed to him throughout the whole world as the ascended Lord Jesus Christ. He is pulling his children, his church, out of the muck and the mire and drawing us closer to him. His work is his saving drawing of us to him. 
To understand this tonight, we need to look for just a moment at the context that is before us. As I said, it was spoken on Tuesday of the Passion Week. And we read that a certain number of Greeks came and asked Philip if they could have an audience with Jesus. These Greeks are Gentiles who are most likely proselytes to the Jewish faith and are in Jerusalem for the Passover, and they are sincere believers. They want to learn more from him. They have seen him and heard him. But Jesus, in his answer to Philip, declines their request. And in effect, he says to them, I will see you, but not now. He says to them that as a kernel of wheat first falls into the ground and dies, and then it sprouts and brings forth fruit, so he must now first die on the cross, ascend into heaven, pour out his Holy Spirit, so that his gospel would spread over the earth, and then he would be seeing these Greeks, these Gentiles, and he would be seeing the seed of these Gentiles. And this evidently has sparked in the Savior the thought of the need of his death. He must go to the cross to die first. And he says in verse 27 concerning those thoughts, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? He says, No, for this very purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Matthew says to us that he was greatly troubled in heart. What is going on here is the same struggle that he will have in the Garden of Gethsemane when he asked God if it would be his will that the cup would pass from him. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And so he prays and he says, Father, glorify thy name. The Father from heaven answers him, I have glorified it. And I'm going to glorify it in your work as it proceeds. And then Jesus says to the crowd, This voice, that God will glorify himself in my work, has been spoken for you. And he goes on to declare then that his death will do two great things. Verse 31, Now is the judgment of the world. His cross will bring judgment upon an unbelieving world. And secondly, he says, And now shall the prince of the world be cast out. And how shall the prince of this world be cast out? He will be cast out by the power of Jesus Christ, drawing his own to himself, breaking down the power of the devil to hold captive depraved sinners. So we consider for a few moments that Jesus was lifted up in order to draw us to him. And we'll look at that exalted Savior, his, that he is a divine magnet to draw us to him, and that there was a loving purpose that we be with him. Now what does Jesus mean when he says, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. Well, it's very obvious what he means. In those words, he is referring, first of all, to 
his cross. He is referring first to the fact that he would be lifted on a cross maybe two or three feet from the ground and there bear the wrath of God for all of our sins. And if I do this, says Jesus, I will draw you. My cross will draw you to me because my cross is the bearing of the wrath of God for your sins and the guilt of your sins and freeing you from the bondage of your sins. And that he's referring to the cross is very plain when we read verse 33. This he said about being lifted up, signifying what death he would die. He would die the accursed death. He would be lifted up on a tree. He would die the death of the cross. Still further, that this was the meaning comes clear in verse 34. Jesus is not speaking when he says, I will be lifted up. He's not speaking in some code language that the people would not know what he meant. They would know that he meant to be crucified, to die on a cross. For the people, verse 34, answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. You claim to be the Christ. The Old Testament says the Christ will live forever and reign forever in righteousness. How then do you say, if you claim to be the Christ, that the Son of Man must be lifted up, that the Son of Man must be killed and crucified? Who is this Son of Man? They understood him to say to them, I'm going to be lifted up on a cross and I'm going to die. Still more, Jesus had already said this, that he would be lifted on a cross. John 3, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. As Moses lifted on a pole, lifted up a serpent, so I must be lifted up on a Roman cross in order to bring salvation to my people. And still more, these Jews, a short year before, standing in Jerusalem, surrounding him with questions, John 8, verse 28, then Jesus said unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. He foretold that they would lift him up on a cross. He's talking, first of all, about the cross, because it's only, it's only through the cross of Jesus Christ that we can be brought to him and brought to the Father through him. Jesus draws us by the power of his cross, lifted up under the curse and and enslaving power of our sins to set us free. By doing this, he says, the prince of this world is cast out. His grip is broken. I will draw you to myself by the cross. When the gospel of Christ crucified comes to us by his grace, it draws us. It draws us to him. 
we sing as children, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Tonight, we must ask ourselves, do I know that? Do I know that wonderful power being drawn by that cross to Jesus, serving him now with all of my life and assured that I am drawn to the Father through the cross. But while that's all true, in the text, Jesus means more. He's also talking about not only being nailed to a tree, but he's talking about being lifted up to the right hand of God as the victorious Savior in his ascension. His full meaning is, if in the way of my crucifixion and death and resurrection, I am lifted up as the head of my people to heaven at God's right hand, I will therefore draw all men, all of my own from the nations of the world unto me. He is speaking of his exaltation, of his ascension. And that too, if we think about it, is very plain. That too, though we have to look closer, is not being spoken in a special code with a, spe- with a secret meeting, but it's there. On other occasions, as I pointed out, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, In our text, he says, if I be lifted up from the earth, the idea of his words or the force of those words are intentional from the realm of the earth. He's not talking simply to being lifted up a few feet from the ground. His his being lifted up here is not to be measured in feet or in inches, but he is to be lifted up from the earth. He will in his glorified human nature, his resurrected body, ascend. He will be lifted up to heaven. This too he had told them. John 3, verse 13. And no man has ascended to heaven, but... There is a man that, is, that will ascend to heaven. But he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, who is in heaven. John 6, verse 62, when he's in the streets of Capernaum, he's just finished his sermon on the bread of life. He has just told them that his body must be broken for our sins. And he says to them, does this offend you? You can't imagine this? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? And so this is part two of his answer to the Greeks. He had said the seed must fall to the ground and then it must rise and spring forth. 
And so from the whole context, as the Lord in this part of John is talking to his disciples that I'm going to go away, I'm going to go to my Father who has sent me, I'm going to leave. It's very plain that the Lord is speaking not just of his crucifixion, but that he's going to ascend in the way of a cross, in the way of dying for us for our sins, in the, day of his, in the way of his resurrection, rise again from the third day. In that way, he will be lifted up from the earth as the Lord of glory, so that we are drawn by the crucified, exalted Lord Jesus. Philippians 2, 8 through 10, where we read that he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. We are drawn by the exalted Savior who was lifted on a cross to die, bearing our sins away, and rose again. We were born in sin, chained to that sin. He cut that chain in his crucifixion. He rose again, and now he is exalted. And as the exalted Lord Jesus, he draws us by the power of his cross, by the power of his resurrection, he draws us to him. That's what he's doing right now. And so I refer to it, his work as a divine magnet. He draws Jesus Christ by his grace, irresistible grace, by his power, draws all men through conversion, through faith, unto him. I will draw all men to me. The word draw means attract, pull, incline unto me. Jesus is speaking of the work of irresistible grace. And he says irresistible grace is himself. As God's Son in the flesh, crucified and risen, at the right hand of God. What is irresistible grace? It is Jesus, the risen Savior, drawing by his word all those for whom he laid down his life, bringing them conversion, repentance, and faith, irresistibly bringing them to him. He said in John 6, verse 44, no man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. He said, no man comes unto the Father but by me. It's the exalted. Why is the ascension necessary? It's the exalted Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power of his cross and grace convicts us, converts us, gives us to be born again so that we come, we're drawn to him in faith, 
in our weariness and in our struggles and in our despair. He draws us unto himself for life and for salvation and for comfort. The ascended Lord Jesus Christ is the divine magnet. I choose the word magnet because we are all acquainted with the creation of God in a magnet. A magnet exerts an invisible power on other metals and pulls that metal unto itself. And I do not know all of the science about the electrons and the atoms and the poles and all that is involved in that, but a magnet pulls, attracts. You have magnets on your refrigerator or you take a magnet over a quarter or a penny and you see it leap off the desk to the magnet. Jesus Christ is this divine magnet. By his irresistible power, he draws his own unto himself. That's the way of salvation. That's irresistible grace. Irresistible grace is Jesus, crucified, risen at the right hand of God, drawing those for whom he suffered and died and rose again to himself in true faith. He's the one who is the author of our salvation, of our faith, of our coming to Jesus. Now we ask some questions here. Who does he draw? He says, I will draw all men to me. The all men here does not mean every man, every woman, and every child of every age. For if it means that, then Jesus Christ is no magnet. He's a failure. But all men refers here to all types, all nations, all races, all social status. He refers to those of grace, born of election. John 6, verse 37, All that the Father gives to me shall come to me. All that the Father has chosen and given to me to die for shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Those Greek proselytes who were interested in learning from him had been drawn by him to himself. How does Jesus do this? He does it irresistibly. He does it powerfully. He does it sovereignly. He does it efficaciously in his call. He calls them. As the divine Son of God in flesh, look at the emphasis of Jesus' words. He's talking about himself as God in the flesh, glorified. And by his power of grace, working in the heart, he draws sinners to himself. He says, I and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men to me. I, that's the divine I, the Son of God, very God. It reminds us of Isaiah 43. I, even I, am he that blotteth out your iniquities and will remember them no more. He draws as the mighty Son of God. And we love, we absolutely love 
the boldness of his statements, the absoluteness of his statements, what comfort. There's no doubt. He doesn't say, I'll do the best. I can. I'll try. He says, I will. And the gates of hell will not prevail against me. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone of God's children to me. I will do that. His words are factual. His words are true. His words calm fears in our hearts. When we are overwhelmed in our guilt, when we are overwhelmed in our need, I will draw I will draw you. The means that he uses is his voice. The very means that he used in the creation of the world when he said, he spoke and it was so. So he speaks to the heart and renews the heart of each one of his own. And he says, come, come unto me, all ye that labor, and they're heavy laden. Do you hear him? He's speaking. My sheep hear my voice. He speaks through the preaching of the gospel and to the, through the witness of the gospel. He, drink, he takes each one to himself. I will draw all men to me. That's the work of the ascended Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation by irresistible grace through a crucified, risen Savior ascended who knows his own and by the power of his death and voice calls us to him. That explains it. I will draw them. There's something tender there. There's something sweet He does not drive them. He is not like Allah and his prophets of Islam who drive their converts to Allah with a sword out of fear. They drive them to him. Not Jesus. He softly inclines and he works in the heart and he breaks the heart and knee and he regenerates in your soul and he calls you and you come to him. You must come to him. He draws. He does not try to persuade. He does not try to influence your decision. He does not say, I would like you to come to me. But there's a problem. I can't. I don't, or I choose not to because I don't want to violate this free will of yours. And I certainly wouldn't want you to come contrary to your will. That's not how Jesus saves us. He does not try to persuade us. John 12, verses 37 through 41, tells us that 
apart from His grace, we cannot believe. We would not believe. No, He works in us. As we read in the canons, He works in us. Both the command to come and the will to come, the act of believing, He works that in us by His call. He doesn't call us with incentives. Here's some incentives that you should consider to come to me. Here's some rewards that I'll give to you if, if you have good works. And then you can come to me with your good works. He doesn't call us based upon our merits, upon our power. He draws you with the cords of His perfect and eternal love. And He makes you sincerely willing to come unto Him. He picks you out of the miry clay. He opens the prison door. He finds you. He saves you. So the point is this. Jesus did not ascend into heaven to separate himself from you. He's not gone. He ascended into heaven to draw you to him in a true and saving faith. And then one day your soul in death. And then one day your body in his resurrection. If I be lifted up, if I am ascended, I will draw all men to me. Everyone for whom I died and rose. Do you know this? Do you experience this? Are you one that he draws? It's a supernatural work. It's most powerful and at the same time most delightful. It's astonishing. It's mysterious. It's ineffable. Cannot explain it. I can't explain a magnet. It's an invisible power. He illumines your mind. He pervades the inmost heart. He opens the clothes. He softens the hard heart. He infuses new qualities into your will. He works in you both the will to believe and the very act of believing. He draws you to himself. And so tonight, as we remember his ascension, we see that Jesus is revealing the purpose of all things. I will draw you to me. I will draw you to the Father. When I ascend, I don't abandon you. I don't leave you on your own. But I will gather you, and I will preserve you. And then he goes deep down into his own heart and he gives us a glance, glance. He gives us a glance into his innermost thought. I will draw you to me. Through the shame of the cross, through the power of the resurrection, 
because I am ascended in all glory, I will draw you to me so that you will know him and trust him and love him and follow him as your savior. Every human's soul is drawn. Men say, my soul is my own. I do as I want. It's not true. Every soul is drawn of ourselves. It will be drawn of lust. It will be sucked down in our own pride. It would be sucked down in our own sins. And everything apart from Jesus Christ that draws a soul, draws that soul to consume it and to destroy it, and it's destroyed in hell. But there is a divine magnet. It's Jesus Christ, who by sheer grace draws us to him, our souls. He makes us sincerely willing to come to him. And in him, our souls find peace and joy unspeakable in every situation of life. And so we say to our Lord Jesus Christ, who has ascended into heaven now and working to draw us, we say what his bride says in the Song of Solomon on this ascension night. Song of Solomon 1 verse 4. Draw us and we will run after thee. Amen. Father, we thank thee for thy word. We thank thee for the Savior. The very Son of God in human flesh, born as a babe for the purpose of going to the cross, lifted, bearing the full weight of the curse of God against our sins, risen on the third day from the dead, defeated our sin and death, ascended into heaven on the 40th day, now at thy right hand, drawing us through all things to him. Bless this word to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.